I got into this because I'd had enough. I was fed up, but I got to put my words into action because I felt that at that moment when I spoke to the Board of Supervisors, there was millions of people listening. As I've sort of become a leader in this movement, I've realized that people want nothing more than to get on board to get their freedom back. If my voice gets heard and helps people, then this has all been well worth it. If my kids have a better America to live in, then this is absolutely worth it. I really don't like this stuff. I never wanted to be part of a production or a movie or, you know, I'd rather be out in the fields fighting somebody. This is the way that we fight. If this is the way that we inspire uh, people to move forward and, and to come on board with us, you know, for the win, then I'll be here. So. My fellow Americans. It is time to take our freedom back. Good morning. Morning full of excitement around here. Heck That's yeah. right. A lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff going on. You know, it never stops. It's funny because we get into these modes where we just got out of a contested election, you know, and now it's like the aftermath of that. You know, uh, we gear up for this fight and we're in the middle of a, of a war and then there's a lull and it's like, whew. but that's really when it starts, you know, it is, especially when. Things don't go as, as we'd expected, or maybe as we expected, you know, or, or there's there's things wrong. So today we've brought in Eric Jensen. Eric, as you know, uh, is a dear friend of ours, uh, ran for district attorney here in Shasta County, and uh, he's still an attorney here in town and has a lot to talk about today. So I'm excited to hear this because we have not prefaced this, you know, usually we, we have conversations leading up to, to these podcasts as to what we're gonna talk about and the information. So I'm actually excited because I don't know what we're gonna talk about. So Eric, Perfect. go ahead, I'm gonna let you have the floor here and, and we'll chime in and we'll ask questions, you know, but it sounds like you have a lot to tell us, so. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, there's a lot. So um, <laughs> the election unfolded very interestingly, as sure. uh, you're all aware. The uh, first results, I mean, first of all, let me, let me preface it with this. Uh, I did not want to talk about this. Sure. <laughs> and I've been very careful about not talking about it. Sure. Because I'm a guy that I, I like proof. Sure. Right? I like evidence. Yeah. I like to make sure that before I say something, I know that it's accurate. Sure. And um, when we started, you know, in, in most elections, I'm like a member of the public. I'm not paying attention to the results that closely. I'm watching mm -hmm. the television just like most people are. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a sporting event sure. and waiting it's to see. It's in the background. Yeah, it's in the background. You're looking for you know the results to come out on election night, and it's exciting, right? <clears throat> but uh, never before had I looked as closely uh, at the numbers as mm -hmm. they were being uh, released by the county clerk. 
And um, I got to tell you, it was almost immediately that we appreciated that uh, things were weird. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I and I kept looking closer. And the closer and closer I looked, the more uh, weird things mm -hmm. appeared. And um, so, look. I, well, before we get into it, yeah. can you tell us what area you specialize in as as a lawyer? Well, one of the big things that I do is I investigate fraud. I yeah. mean, that's a, a big part of what I do. And um, so <laughs> that <laughs> comes into play. The other, the other thing that a, a big part of my job is to uh, assess the credibility of witnesses, to see whether they are truth-telling, whether they have uh, veracity or not. Uh, I mean, I've deposed hundreds of uh, witnesses and... You know, that's largely what my clients pay me to do. I mean, they, they want me to ascertain whether somebody is telling the truth or being dishonest. Mm. So um, when um, election night happened um, at uh, 8.05 on election night, we had our first batch of results that were released by the Registrar of Voters. And that first result uh, was almost, well, it was, it, it was early votes, okay? These are the results that were cast uh, weeks before the election. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, I've got a slide, or I got lots of documents to share today, but the first results that came in were um, <clears throat> really unanimous in their disapproval of the Liberty Committee-backed candidates. Um, so you can see that uh, based upon these numbers, um, <clears throat> It looked bleak from the very outset. Now, remember, these are all early votes. Now, one of the interesting things is that they are not cat categorized by our county clerk as early votes. But these are early votes. They came in weeks before um, or sometime prior to the election. Oh, this, any, any time before election day, basically. Correct, right? yeah. Okay. Because, you know, and we know this not only because the results were released at 8.05 p.m., okay? So you had uh, roughly, it was 20,000 uh, votes that were cast before election day and counted by the registrar of voters, the county clerk. Now, you'll notice that uh, the person that enjoyed one of the largest margins of victory in the early results is the county clerk, uh, <laughs> Kathy Darling-Allen, the registered Democrat, in fact, the only registered Democrat in the county races going against Bob Holsinger. The and, I, and I just want to say that that's what we've been talking about a lot in my shop is how, what, no matter what you think about the election, how in a conservative county, a red county, probably one of the most conservative counties in all of California, could a registered Democrat that's for uh, the drop boxes. For no voter ID. No voter ID and four Dominion voting machines win in a landslide like that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't buy that. Yeah, That's eight, the one thing. Almost 80% of the vote. I mean, essentially, uh, I mean, that is a very large margin to achieve. I mean, she could have, um, I mean, you could run against Adolf Hitler and yeah. you're probably not going to uh, get 80% of the vote. I mean, it, it, a very strange... Uh, margin of victory for a candidate who did not uh, did not do a whole lot of campaigning, mm -hmm. and uh, I would, you know, I dare to say that she wasn't the most charismatic of the group of candidates out there, uh, but enjoyed the largest margin of victory. So one of the interesting things about this is that in spite of the fact that each one of these races had its own political flavor, 
the results were fairly consistent. They uh, were uh, relatively unanimous in their disapproval of the Liberty-backed candidates. So, all right, those were the initial results. Um, and like I said, if you go to the next uh, graphic we have, um, you can see that the um, uh, you'll have a summary report. And uh, that summary report is where you begin to see the early problems in this race uh, from the uh, get-go. This is the first report. It's issued at 8.05 or 8.04 p.m. Uh, on the day of the election. And you'll notice that next to early votes, it says zero. All of those votes that were truly early votes were characterized by our county clerk as vote by mail. Now, it seems that they would, you know, they maybe they were put in the mail, uh, but to classify them as vote by mail seems a little bit deceptive. So did they get co-mingled with the other ones that kind of murkied up? Oh, yes. This is one of the big issues that you <clears throat> discover when you start to look very closely is that there is a recurring theme of mischaracterizing data, which makes it very difficult. And we talked about my background in investigating fraud, makes it very difficult to ascertain patterns. When you have different species of um, ballots that are commingled and sometimes mischaracterized, it's, it's virtually impossible to ascertain a pattern. It, it makes it very, very difficult. So anyway, uh, you can go on to, um, so the initial results were poor uh, for the Liberty-backed candidates, um, but, you know, who knew? We didn't have any polls. We didn't know how the public was going to respond. But then we started to get uh, conflicting data, conflicting data uh, from the tapes at the machines on election night. Now, this is really what started the whole suspicion, was the great contrast between the two. So if you go to the next image, you'll see an example of one of those. Um, it's in the next uh, folder, should be folder two, uh, two-way, there you go. This is... Uh, uh, an example of the tapes that are produced by the machines on the polling places on election day. So by law, they are posted at the polling location, and anybody has the opportunity for three days to look at them. Now, what uh, we did was we started to get early results come in, and when we saw that they were very different from the first uh, results released by the county clerk, we started to collect these. And we got images about, I think there's 60 precincts, uh, throughout the county uh, where they were where they had polling places and tapes and we got all of them and um, uh, I'll tell you what those show in a second but this is what they are they're posted it's just a summary of what uh, people did by uh, when they put their ballots into the machines on election day so here now, it has you 75 to 12 in, in this particular precinct on that particular precinct correct you know and let me say something real fast here uh, before I lose my train of thought that night, when we went to observe, we went over to the county clerk's office, and me and John and, and my nine-year-old let you, know, you guys yeah. in a little, <laughs> let, let, let us in, you know. And I got to see personally about a hundred ballots. Could have been ninety-six. Could have been one hundred four. Let's call it hundred. Put through the machine, right? Yeah, through the machine where I could see them come up on the screen. These are the adjudicated <laughs> ballots. Yeah, yeah, the adjudicated <laughs> ballots. Okay. And personally, you know, I, I was following your race the closest, you know, for for personal reasons, and. Of those hundred, I counted six, six for Stephanie Bridget. All the rest were for, for Eric Jensen. 
It was overwhelming. Yeah, overwhelming. So, so I study patterns. You know, there's no way that you know that sampling wasn't at least a little bit reflective of the rest of the batch. You know, like, like that, that could not have been so unique. You know, the adjudicated ballots couldn't have been so unique that they were completely a throw off from the rest of the dead opposite. You know, yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and this is what we are hearing. I mean, yeah. from other people at polling places, six volunteers. Yeah. yeah we're reporting similar results. So uh, that got us curious, naturally. And uh, we did collect all the tapes. Uh, you can go to the next image. I think it's 2B. And uh, I painstakingly uh, collected all of the county races and tallied them up. And so this uh, is every precinct right here. That's every. And so then it's the actual printed tape from each machine, from correct. the precincts. Yeah. Okay. You can go to the next image. That's just to show you all the data that I was collecting. And uh, let me give you an idea of what it showed. And um, this is uh, the results for the county candidates. And uh, go back to the first page, Eli, um, just to give you uh, an example. So you can see in my race, because that was the one I was following most closely, obviously, uh, there were, um, I believe, there were three precincts uh, where I garnered more than 80% of the vote. There were, I believe, 12 precincts where I got more than 70% of the vote. And, um, in fact, there were only three precincts or four precincts that I lost out of 60. So, again, this is interesting because mm -hmm. it really contrasts with what the early results were. It shows three that you lost here. Yeah. Go to the second page. There's another one. So let's go to the second page, and then you can see the calculated totals uh, based upon the tapes versus the um what the early votes were that's the contrast so you have capels in the first column uh winning 62 to 34 uh, excuse me yes uh, winning with 62 percent in contrast to his win rate in the pre-election tallies that we saw the first batch of results 34 percent i mean it, it's just a huge huge contrast in my race it was almost a mirror image where I was losing uh, with only 35% in the early ballots, mm -hmm. on election day at the tapes, I was winning mm -hmm. <laughs> um, with 65%. So again, that's, that's almost the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, literally quite the exact opposite. So, so let's just say maybe the early vote-by-mail ballots could, even though they don't fall within the percentage of error and they're way out of whack mm -hmm. anyways, let's just say... Maybe those people vote a lot different. But what about the people? That was only 20,000 votes. There was, what, 49,000 votes cast in total around there. And uh, uh, the, the ballots that got dropped off at the polling location or the county clerks on the day of election, okay, should have been very similar to... Oh, we're going to get there. Okay, we're okay. going to get there. All right. So, and we got a lot of material to hustle okay. through, I realize. So uh, let's go to the next... Um, let's, let, let's go to... So anyway, this was weird. So we appreciated that there were... Um, that was a really strange contrast. Now, let's go to the machines. This, we're still on election day. These are th um, tapes from three of the machines at the registrar of voters. Now, let me, let me tell you what's so important about the tapes at the precincts. These are the this is the only data we have that isn't processed by the county clerk. Yeah. 
one of the candidates in this election, who, by the way, did not recuse herself when she was requested to because of her vested interest in the county races. <laughs> so here are three of the tapes from the machines at the Registrar of Voters Office. There were three machines there. Here they are. <clears throat> and um, they are, go to the next image, Eli. You'll see at the very, if you could read the top, what you would see is that these are ICE machines. Uh, stands for Image Cast Evolution. They are Dominion voting machines. They have the capacity to print ballots and do all sorts of other things. So on these three machines, you can go to the next image. You have a very wide variance of results. So here are three machines, and I'll, we'll focus in. Go to the next one, 3D, and uh, this will focus on the county races. Three machines, ICE-1, ICE-2, and ICE-3. Look at the difference of the results. In one machine, you have basically a liberal activist that voted wildly different, not only in the county races here, but in the uh, other races for governor and attorney general as well. It's exact opposite again. Yeah, I mean, it's not even close. So it, it begs the question, what is going on with that third machine? Now, I posed that question multiple times to uh, Ms. Allen. I have yet to receive a response. I posed that question before the Board of Supervisors, and they didn't care to ask. Uh, they're not that curious, apparently. So those who aren't watching, it, there's one machine that is half the rate for well, all the liberty. Inverted. At the yeah. same location. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, Holsinger gets 57%, 52%, and then 22 on the third machine, if you can't see the image. That's just comical. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it might, it's weird, right? <laughs> so this is the thing. So the more you start digging, the weirder and weirder yeah, it gets. It begs questions. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so let's that go. need answers, so demand then, answers. Yeah, so I, and like I said, I'm a numbers guy, so I keep going back to the numbers, <clears throat> tallying things up. And this takes time, by the way. This is another reason I didn't talk about it right away, because I'm collecting data. Well, here's one of the weird things that you see. There are, when I added up all of the votes on the tapes and I compared it to the official results, there were extra votes somewhere. I call these mystery votes. I have no idea where they came from, but they don't add up. What, what's on the tapes is not reflective of what is pub, the results published by our ROV. Now, what's weirder to me is that the, the win rate of the mystery votes is exactly like that ROV ICE3 machine that was punitive to all of the Liberty candidates. You see that? So I compared, you have these mystery votes in each of the races. In my race and in the sheriff's race, you had about 132 ballots uh, uh, that were not reflected on, um, uh, on the tapes. Those ballots have me losing again uh, by the same rate that you see on the ICE3 machine. Again, very interesting. So anyway, go to the next tape. Uh, I got us an extra 10 minutes, just let you know. Oh, so oh fantastic. So we got another 22 minutes or so. It's a lot of data. So <clears throat> now let's talk about the vote drops. Okay, so the, uh, uh, all of the data that was published by the ROV, it came down to six total drops of data, okay? It was released in bits. And remember, just on the first day, we only had one drop, okay? It was just the pre-election stuff. 
most people stopped paying attention at that point. Mm -hmm. But then you had something at very late in the evening or early morning of the following day, and that was the supposedly incorporated all of the tapes that um, I was talking about just a moment ago. Um, And then you would wait. We waited quite a while, several days, for the next drop. Now, I was very interested in this because there was a debate in the community. Um, When we started to see the win rate of the Liberty candidates uh, on the tapes, there was actually a good chance that we could overcome the deficit that we had with the early vote. So we were keenly watching the subsequent tallies. And like you said, there was a theory amongst those who had watched elections here in our county that the subsequently released numbers would be highly indicative or reflective of what you saw from the tapes at the machines, okay? So that there essentially wasn't that much of a variance between the machines and what the uh, subsequent tallies would be. So now what's interesting, these are all of the vote drops and the winning percentages for each of the Liberty candidates. And the first thing that will will come out to you is that they're all different. (laughs) And that is weird in and of itself. I think there was only one instance where somebody had a very similar win rate, and that was for John Green in his fourth and fifth drop. He had uh, 42 and 41%. Otherwise, they're all over the map, and it shouldn't be that way because theoretically, this is from the same pool of voters. These are people who either handed their ballot uh, to an election official on election day, mm-hmm. put it in a drop box or put it in the mail, but all of this occurring on election day. Mm-hmm. So um, let's take a look at the um, next image. So one of the things I did, I, here are all the vote drops. And uh, one of the things that I found interesting was that that third drop came out and that was the one after election day that we were all watching, about 10,000 votes. And what was interesting was that it wasn't reflective of the first win rate, and it wasn't reflective of the second win rate. It was something different. But what it was, was uh, I I was doing the math, and what it essentially did was that it kept all of the candidates at exactly where they were in terms of winning percentage. Our winning percentage did not move. In other words, it was a perfect average of what vote drop one and vote drop two were. Okay, so the percentage did not move. So if you're a person watching, weird right there. oh, well, let, me, let me tell you how weird it is in a second. So, Wait, exactly? To have well, it not hold move? On. Yeah, hold on. So when I, <laughs> that seems strange to me, but to the public, when you're thinking about this and you're watching the results come in, the fact that somebody's winning percentage stays the same would actually not draw your attention at all. Sure. You no, think, because well, that's, that's typically what happens because right. you start seeing a trend in the votes. Right. right, because people weren't aware of the fact that there was such a contrast between the first vote drop, drop and the and second, second drop. Right. So when they saw the number, the winning percentage remained the same, that would not draw anybody's attention. Now, um, so I noticed, uh, I, I was curious to see, um, you know, what would... If you were to apply, let's say, an algorithm where you had a perfect average between drop one and drop two, what would you end up with? Well, you can go to the next, uh, actually, why don't you go to 5D? Can you go to 5D? Well, guess what? Um, The perfect average is the mean. You have early and election day, 
And that's what it was for the county candidates. Look at that. You don't see that pattern. You see it is literally 0% in the case of Bob Holsinger, 0% for my race, 0% for John Green. It was a perfect average. Now, then I started to wonder, hey, you know, before I say anything about this, maybe this is just a mathematical thing. This is something that happens. Yeah. So I waited for the other vote drops to see if we ever saw the same pattern. And you can go now to five. Let's go back one. Let's go to 5C. And lo and behold, no, you don't see that pattern ever again. So for the first 10,000 votes, we stayed exactly the same, which actually ends up being worse because there's more votes now in the mix. And that pattern, uh, deviation from the mean, never repeats itself. So that was a statistical anachronism, <laughs> that second vote drop. Now, wow. let's go to the history, because this is important. So I thought, hey, look, you know, we have clearly something very bizarre going on where you have, um, I mean, essentially, uh, and this is a great example of just how different my results were from the machines and what the final result ended up being. And this is broken down by precinct. You can see that the uh, differential on this or the variance is in some cases almost 40%. So, for instance, in a precinct where I got 86% of the vote, Columbia 3, on at the machines on election day, ultimately the final results at that precinct were only 46%. That's a difference of almost 40%. So, and, and, and that pattern repeats itself for all of these precincts. So there's really only one conclusion. The, the, I mean, there's only two possibilities. Either the people that put their ballots in machines on election day are really, really, really weird, mm -hmm. or something is wrong. Those are the only two possibilities. And when I say weird, I mean they are legitimately <laughs> objective objectively, statistically weird. They're aberrations. So what I decided to do uh, was uh, there was this theory then that was being floated around by people that were defending this, who were aware of it and defending it, saying, wow, now this is just a, this is Trump did this and, and only weirdos go to the polls, the tinfoil hat crowd. Yeah. Uh, somebody called it on Facebook, called it the uh, redneck mafia. Yeah. And uh, they were floating this idea. Now, uh, Miss Allen went on a radio show and she started to refer to it as this red mirage. You know, oh, no, this is, this is just a, a thing that's now happening. So I decided to look at the history of races in Shasta County to see if that was true whether there was any precedent for the fact that election day results at the machines were somehow aberrational, different yeah, yeah. than the other results. So let's take a look, <clears throat> go down to the final folder history. Uh, you can go to the 6B. So the, this is all of the data where I'm comparing early votes, election day, and post-election tallies. Now remember, post-election tallies are votes from election sure, day, okay? Sure. They're from drop boxes yeah. or the, the mail. So this is the complete data just to show you that I did a bunch of different races, the 2018 general, the 2020 primary, 2020 general, and uh, is I this, even- Is this the differential right here? Yeah, and we're gonna go a little oh, closer sorry. here in a second. So I even actually, I got one where I took the most recent recall too, I put that in there. Okay, now go to the next one, Eli. Uh, 6C. So let's go now to early votes versus election day. 
and see what's typical in Shasta County. So what is typical in Shasta County? Well, up here, you can see that the variance between early votes and election day, uh, the largest margin you have historically, uh, which was different, um, it, it, was, it was a special year, 2020, the election of Donald Trump, you saw a 20% differential between his winning rate in the early votes versus his win rate on election day at the machines. So that's pretty significant. Now, <clears throat> historically, it had been much lower. You could see that in the 2018 election, it was pr less than 4%. In 2020 uh, primary, it was less than 7%. Now, but compare that to what you saw in our race. So even if you compare us to Trump, you see that the Liberty candidates in the county race had a higher variance in their early votes compared to election day than even Donald Trump. In the case of Bob Holsinger, the guy running against the woman counting the votes, it was 33.8%. So, so to be clear, yeah. it was the early votes were 33% in which direction uh, for who? versus the- Which race are you talking to? The, any of them. Or let's talk about Holsinger yeah. in this case. Just for a clear, if someone can't see this right now. Sure. So let, let's do Holsinger. So Holsinger in his early votes, 20.7%. Uh, uh, machine tallies on election day, 54.5%. That's a variance of 33.8%. Which historically, we don't see that anywhere in recent history oh, in the close. last, nope. in the last how many elections. So we don't even see anything remotely close to that. We have one of Trump and he still doesn't hit any of the numbers that we just saw in the 2022 primary here locally. Right. Okay. Now, if you think that's weird, wait till I show you the next one. So this to me is, uh, in terms of establishing the um, historically anomalous nature of this election, it's this slide right here. So now you're comparing election day versus post-election tallies, okay? This was the big debate, right? What's going to happen after we saw the machine? Look at the hist historically what we've seen. Less than 5% differential uh, in 2018. In 2020, it was less than 3%. In Trump's race, it was less than 6%. Now take a look at our race here at the bottom. That's the difference between the machines and the subsequent tallies issued by the county clerk. There is no precedent for that. And you can even look, if you want to say, hey, the tinfoil hat crowd that uh, got rid of Leonard Modi, take a look at the 2022 recall. You don't see that there either. You see a differential of less than 2%. Wow. So, so that's difference from, explain it again. Okay, now that's the difference between the results published by the machines, the tallies, the tapes I was telling you about. At the precincts. At the precincts and the subsequently issued results. The, the official results that the ROV posted as the election results. Uh, everything counted after election day. Okay. So these are all votes that have either dropped off on election day or in the mail. Sure. Okay. So we're just getting rid of the early votes. Now, this is data that anybody could see. All right. This is data that, that if somebody had a keen eye and an interest like myself, I had mm. to do a couple Freedom of Information Act requests to get past results. Uh, you could get it. What we did not have was the results. We, it's still, I'm not an expert. I'm not a statistician. This is not what I do for a living. 
So what I wanted to do uh, before I made any statements or drew any conclusions was to see if we could figure out whether what I was seeing as a layperson was indicative of fraud or not. And so that's where we started to bring in experts who had that statistical background and expertise. And one of those experts was Jeff O'Donnell. And one of the things that he said was that you got to get the CVRs, the cast vote record, because the cast vote record is a sequential record of the votes as they're being tallied Mm. by the county clerk. Mm -hmm. Now, she did not want to produce those. I got, when I first put in my request weeks ago, because again, before I wanted to say anything, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I I didn't look. Yeah, you want to do your diligence and make sure you're, yeah. Right. I mean, it wasn't my desire to become the Mike Lindell of Shasta County. Sure, sure. You know, I wanted to make sure that what I was saying had some weight to it, right? And um, uh, so I, um, uh, we, we, with some public pressure, I think um, she ended up producing those. And what he saw in those correlated with my data. Now, he reached a conclusion that there were um, statistically verifiable anomalies that were indicative of something wrong. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So that information was published in a report, a report that I, I don't feel qualified to speak on, but... Um, he was really concerned. I mean, he, he looked at uh, my race. He looked at Bob Holsinger's. And I saw his summary. His yeah. summary basically validates everything that you've brought up here. Yeah, essentially what his, um, it, it appeared to him that the votes were being throttled until about the 30,000 mark, mm. um, which correlates with that. It would be after the third drop. Mm. So the third drop that looked like it had a weird pattern would have been subject to this this throttling, at least in theory. So anyway, the fact of the matter is, is that all of this is evidence of something weird, something anomalous. Mm. And that information was presented to the Board of Supervisors saying, hey, you know, there is smoke billowing out of the county clerk's office. And um, they said, well, we want proof of fire. <laughs> and we said, well, you got to let us in so that we can see it. And they're not willing to do that. Mm. So um, we had uh, Jeff O'Donnell issued a report. Um, uh, Joe Von Pulitzer. He looked at the data. He thought that it um, was quite concerning. And there were other issues. And if you look at the cast vote record, it's very interesting. Again, I'm not an expert, but I could look at it and you could see very strange uh, patterns. One of the things that was quite obvious was that the votes were being segregated by our county clerk. In fact, she's acknowledged such. Uh, there was the a press. press release on it. Yeah, she acknowledged that she does that. Now, what's interesting is think about this for a second. If you can segregate species of data, okay, that lends itself to manipulation. Because if like, let's say, for instance, you know that these are all the votes from, uh, let's say, Asian women, for instance, and these are all the votes from uh, African-American men, right? Well, you can then begin to predict how the character of those votes will be in general. You can make generalizations and predictions. And uh, by segregating the ballots, she was doing it by precinct. Um, uh, at least in Mr. Pulitzer's opinion, he thought that was highly irregular. Um, and the machines themselves uh, are capable of segregating the data. 
So once you put them in the machine, the machine will give you the results based upon precincts. Okay. So, <clears throat> so yeah. why then is the county clerk doing that? That question was posed to her at the Board of Supervisors meeting, and she did not provide an explanation other than to say that this is the way they've always done it. Sure. Yeah, I inherited that uh, uh, policy or whatever. Right. You know, so uh, I met up with uh, Greg Phillips from 2000 Mules in Las Vegas and had a great conversation with them, and we've got a meeting uh, coming up this week to talk about some of this stuff, and I want to involve all the players in on that. But when I talked to him about the sorting of the ballots to find out who won District 1 and District 5, which was the official right. reason for it, he was blown away. It was like he was in the twilight zone. He looked, he goes, I'm giving you my number right now. Bup, 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 bup. Anyways, I just yeah. had to throw that out there. <laughs> well, what, what's, what's so disturbing about um, the situation with not just the county clerk's office, but with all of our department heads and elected officials, is that when there are really good questions like this, mm. nobody presses for an answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw mm -hmm. at the Board of Supervisors, uh, county council, uh, represent to the entire audience uh, that the Board of Supervisors did not have the authority to request an audit. Mm. Now, if you listen carefully with an attorney's ear, what you heard <laughs> him say was that essentially, this is what the law says. And what I suspect, and uh, a friend of mine, colleague, uh, Thomas Toller, um, heard as well, is that what he was doing was saying that there was no enumerated power of the Board of Supervisors to do that. Because the Board of Supervisors does have... they can't. Yeah, exactly. And that was the issue. It, you know, um, just because it doesn't say that this is something specifically they have the power to do, doesn't mean that they're necessarily precluded from doing that. Mm. But the suggestion to the entire public was that you can't do it. So, that was so, from Cruz. Yeah, and so when Taller got up there, and, and he wasn't the only guy, but when Taller and a, a, another attorney got up there and said, hey, I don't what you're saying, Mr. Cruz, isn't true, the Board of Supervisors just moved on. Yeah. Eddie, do you want to answer that question, Mr. Cruz? No, it's okay. Next question. I felt like they were, and I'll be really fast, but I, I feel like the, the board of supervisors that were not willing to look into this, they had already made up their mind before this. And 100%. we have experts that are there. Look, these board of supervisors, people are not experts on election uh, anomalies. And we brought in the, the, the most well-known educated experts in probably in the world who, who have no dog in this fight. Right, you know, right. other than to come out with a statistical truth. Yeah. And how, right. I don't know. So I, I, I just had to say, I think they have so their minds made up. Our guys. We're bringing in guys on our team going, yeah, hey, people man. People that we sense. paid for. And hey. None of these people were paid. The other issue is this. Look, look, again, all this is is evidence that this is a historically, statistically, and politically anomalous election. Mm. And it may just be that. I mean, it very well could just be this is one of the weirdest elections that we will ever see in this county. Mm. Or this could be indicative of something worse. And what bothers me is that when the questions were raised, and these are reasonable questions, these aren't crazy questions, sure. these are reasonable questions by people who have looked carefully at the data. I mean, mm. most of the people who have an opinion on this and will tell you, ah, there's nothing to see here, they haven't looked at it. I mean, I've looked at this stuff really closely. Yeah. The, the, what bothers me is the lack of will to even investigate yeah, sure. because if there is a problem um, then this is an issue that will affect our county 
you know, in perpetuity. I mean, this is something that we have to figure out. Does our vote matter? Is there something going on? And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's Miss Allen. Uh, if there is something, we have no idea. I really don't know. I don't know what is going on. But what bothers me is that she was not willing to even answer questions. Mm. So here was the apex of her job. Imagine this is like a job assessment or review. Yeah. When you go to the Board of Supervisors and you're in charge of elections, you know, getting it certified or approved by the board has got to be the apex of your performance for any given year. It'd be super interesting to see if this fall and the next elections, if if those numbers go back to the historic averages, yeah. you know what I mean? So, so, or no, if all of a sudden they the, the, stay the, like this. We have this. a few minutes left. Where do we go from here? I mean, is this just done? Because this is what I feel happens. I feel like we see an anomaly. We see something that we know is wrong or at least requires some investigation. And then everybody kind of puts their heads down and goes, oh, well, we lost, you know. I'm glad we're not doing it. I'm glad you're taking the time to go through this, you know, to comb through the, the, these articles because otherwise people just don't know and we just go back to business as usual, you know, and this becomes a norm. So, so where do we go from here? What, what can we actually, what's our pathway? What's our course that we can actually take here? Well, I think the first thing <clears throat> that I see as, as an obstacle is, make, is public awareness. Hmm. They're not even aware. I mean, if you were to mention that something was weird, they, ah, you're just a disgruntled person sure. that didn't win you election lost. or your yeah. candidates yeah. didn't win, whatever the case may be. But they don't understand the whole story. Okay, and, and, and quite frankly, the way that the Registrar of Voters works is to encourage this ignorance. Mm. I mean, they issued a, a statement when we started publishing the tapes, the results of the tapes. They said, hey, we're the only official source of information. Uh, Don't look at the man behind the curtain. Sure. Look at us, right? Sure. And um, um, we need to make sure that the public is paying mm. attention, understands what's going on. The local media is not going to cover it. Uh, I mean, look, the local media thought the election was over on election day. Sure. I mean, I, I think they issued a uh, press release, KRCR did, yeah. two days afterwards saying that uh, Ms. Bridget had secured the 50% necessary to retain her position. They hadn't even counted 20,000 votes, <laughs> you know? And, and we said, uh, actually, that's not correct. But I, it, look, so the public has to become aware, and we do that through just our general communication. I think that's the first step. As far as changing any of this is concerned, quite frankly, I don't know. I mean, uh, the, the concerns I thought were uh, raised um, well by the public at the Board of Supervisors meeting, and it, it fell on deaf ears. I mean, I, they, I agree with you, John, that they had their mind made up before that meeting ever began. Mm -hmm. The purpose of the meeting was to create an illusion of um, objectivity, cons you, know, um, uh, you know, give people the opportunity to uh, speak their mind, but I, I don't think it had any bearing upon their decision. We, had, we were looking at smoke from outside the house. All they had to do was delay this thing for two weeks, let us open the right. doors up, let us in there, and, and they could have proved us wrong. They could have put all this Correct. to rest by just letting us go into the freaking house and uh, see if there was a and fire. the cost would have been nothing, essentially. Well, and, well what, how, what value can you put on the public's confidence sure. in the electoral process? In the bedrock of our republic. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. I mean, it, high, high value yeah. for me. I mean, otherwise, yeah, 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 if, we, if we lose the ballot box, you know, and I, I, I had mentioned this early on in my race. I said, you know, the people who would seek to deprive people of their lawful, peaceful means of affecting change in a community, 
better be careful what they wish for. So, so the problem is, and this is not just for, for this, but for anything, whether you're talking about, you know, your, your approach to COVID, whether you're talking about, you know, whatever your political leans are, you know, is they, they, they make you seem crazy. That's what they do. Oh, these, guys, these, guys are just, these guys are just crazy, yeah. you know? So all of a sudden, you know, that, that puts the blockers on and, and people say, well, they're just crazy and, and they move on, you know, but I don't think anybody in this room is crazy. I don't think anybody in this room is insane. I think people in this room are educated, well-read, uh, well-researched. They care deeply about this community. Um, and, and, and I know you, Eric, and, and had you lost this, you know, under any other, you know, uh, way where, where it was normal with past historic, you know, data, you would have conceded and said, hey, you know what, I, I ran oh. a good race, and congratulations, you know? Yeah, I, you know, if somebody would have told me at the beginning of this race that I would lose uh, 44% to 56 to an incumbent of, you know, so many years, sure. eh, no big deal. Sure. I, I, that doesn't bother me. Don't feel sorry for me. Yeah, I, I, I've got sure. a good gig going on. Uh, you know, in fact, in many respects, this is an answer to my children's yeah. prayers, yeah. Sure. right? Uh, you know, they like having dad home. I like being home. Sure. It's, uh, uh, you know, and... You know, being able to uh, do what I do, uh, sure. it's a great opportunity. So, but what I am concerned about is the public and uh, the citizenry of this county. If they cannot trust their elections, yeah. you know that that is a problem much larger than my race. Uh, it's it's much larger even than this county because uh, this is why the red, white, and blueprint exists. It's just to create uh, the the roadmap for other counties to take control. Um, and to affect positive change mm. uh, in their communities. <clears throat> if we don't have that ability, sure. then what are we doing? Sure. Um, yeah. We've really got to wrap this up, guys. We have uh, Jefferson State of Mind coming on sure. uh, next, followed up by Sovereign Minds, and we've already gone over 10 minutes. So, uh, Well, this is not the end. It's not the last we'll see of this. It's not the last we'll hear about it. Uh, we, we promise we'll keep digging it, and, and we have to get this in front of the right people, I think, to... To, to at least investigate further. So so, yeah. so please share this, everybody. We need to get this information. We've got a great presentation, and, and, and I thank uh, Eric for coming in and doing all this research and presenting it in a visual manner where sure. um, people can see this and understand it. Mm -hmm. And we've got to get this out to the average person out there. So please share this on all the... We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, you know, pl please share this stuff and get it out there. It's very important. Um, and I want to thank everybody for, Th thanks for, for tuning in. Appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks for coming. Thanks, guys. Yeah.